This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Welcome to Viterbi Voices, another episode. Uh, my name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering here at USC. Well, Audrey, what do we got going today? What's this episode all about? Yeah, so this episode is about um, something called a co-op. So um, this is pretty common at USC. It's an internship Um, during the school year where students will take classes um, and also work on the side. Um, So I actually uh, speak with two of my good friends, uh, Luz and Christina, who have been on the podcast before, um, because both of them um, have done co-ops. And I think it's interesting because Luz um, did a co-op in person, uh, but Christina uh, this this semester is uh, kind of taking it on remotely. So I think that's an an interesting perspective as well. Yeah, I think it's important to understand we have a lot of listeners uh, across the country. Different engineering schools give different types of opportunities for work-based experience prior to graduation. Uh, A majority of usually Midwest, Southeast engineering schools will talk at length about their co-op program. And as a result of that, they have, you know, maybe a dozen or so companies that they have established co-op routines for, and it's built into the undergraduate curriculum, therefore extending an undergraduate degree in engineering beyond four years. Um, We, of course, support co-ops, but given the amount of industry around us, they're not as popular as internship programs because the majority of our students like the flexibility of interning with multiple companies over multiple years and still graduating in four years. But co-ops are starting to make a little bit of a comeback, you know, and that some of these companies are developing more co-op programs uh, and some of our students want more co-ops. And so as a result, we're expanding these opportunities even more. I I actually just learned about... um, Brand new co-op programs will be established soon with Apple. I might be speaking out of turn, but uh, Apple just had a meeting last week with us about, uh, obviously they hire a lot of interns, um, but they thought no one wanted co-ops. And we said, no, 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 if you want to do co-ops, our students love co-ops, they love to do that. So to work at Apple, and they're going to be looking to expand that in the, in the near future. So internships, co-ops, nothing's wrong with either of them. Both get paid. That's usually the first thing that people should understand is that some people think co-ops are paid and internships are not. For engineering students, internships are paid. It's just a question of length, usually. Internships over the summer or working May to December full-time and not being enrolled full-time at at school. So I'm excited to get into this. Uh, So let's, let's let this one roll. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Christina and Luz. Both of you have been on the podcast many times, so I'm excited to have you back. Um, And today we're talking about co-ops or interning during the semester, which I know both of you have experience with. Um, So first off, do you just want to introduce yourselves really quickly? Yeah, I could go first. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Luce. I'm a senior studying computer engineering and computer science, and I'm from Bell Gardens, California. And the co-op I had was back in my freshman year. I was uh, doing about 16 hours a week at NASA JPL while also doing my spring semester workload. Yeah, I'm Christina. I am a senior studying environmental engineering from North Los Angeles area. And I'm currently interning at Browning Caldwell, which is an environmental engineering consulting firm. 
um, about 16 to 20 hours a week, depending on the workload. But it's all remote because of COVID-19. So it's a bit easier than driving everywhere, which I'm sure Luz had to do. (laughs) Yes, I did. Yeah, I'm super excited to have both of you on because I think it's interesting with now kind of the remote internship, which we've become familiar with, and then, of course, Luz being in person. Um, So I guess starting off, Luz, I'm interested, like freshman year, how did you get this co-op? You know, obviously JPL is, it's pretty, pretty big deal. You're a pretty big deal, so. (laughs) I mean, I think I've just spoken, every time, like, people ask me about, like, what's it like to, like, get internships at USC, Um, you know, aside from, you know, the actual institutions that we have to get jobs, like the career fair and the career center. There's a lot of kind of the softer networking that goes on from person to person, peer to peer. Um, my first, you know, NASA JPL was my first internship and I, and I got that through another student. Um, I had um, basically a mentor and ship the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers who had worked at NASA JPL the summer, summer and, and spring power prior. And she's like, oh, my manager is looking for new interns um, from SHIP specifically. And, you know, I'm not available to go back. I'm going to recommend your name at the top of the list. Um, and yeah, that was basically it. I mean, I had, a, I had a phone call with my manager. He was like, okay, you have like the baseline knowledge um, and let's just try you out. And I was offered, you know, 16 hours um, a week, you know, variability depending on workload as well, but it was mostly 16. And yeah, it was awesome. That's, I, I really can't understate how, important kind of the peer-to-peer networking is and you know be friendly to people be friends because um, <laughs> you know they know people that you don't yeah yeah for sure and what about you Christina it's super cool that you're taking this on when we have a very strange semester yeah it's definitely one for the books but um, <laughs> I also got this through softer networking opportunities um, the career fair is great and I went there my freshman and sophomore years but I actually found this opportunity through an email blast that my advisor sent out to the entire department kind of like oh this company's looking to hire interns for the summer and it was during my sophomore year um, and I just had like a study abroad opportunity fall through and I was like oh my god I have to do something this summer it's the summer after my sophomore year I want to apply to grad school so I applied to everything under the sun. Um, And this was actually a really cool internship that fell under exactly what I wanted to do, which was water treatment, water resources, and construction management. So I applied and they got back to me kind of like, okay, you have a good resume. Let's talk. So I went in for an interview with their LA office. It was really cool. Um, Just a couple metro stops away from USC. And they actually hired a few USC graduates super recently. So my cubicle was actually between two USC grads and across from a UCLA grad. So it was like fun rivalry. Um, (laughs) They actually helped me like pick my classes. So it was like those soft networking opportunities that really built up a connection with the company in USC, even if it like wasn't at the career fair. Um, And then after my sophomore year internship, I couldn't do it during the school year because junior year is rough. I feel like everyone (laughs) like uh, knows that. But going into senior year, they reached out to me and said, you know, we have an increased workload. Do you have availability this year? And I was like, you know what? Remote classes, I do. And I don't have to drive anywhere, which is nice in LA. So I'm currently working with their Irvine office, which is farther away um, on construction management processes. But the good thing about being online is that I'm also helping like their San Diego offices, Phoenix work, Northern California work. So kind of all over the place but it's a really cool opportunity that got through 
no yes. soft networking. Awesome. That's awesome. I I remember I did a, a panel earlier this semester with uh, Dr. Armani, who's a professor um, here in Viterbi. And one of the things she had given advice to her freshman academy students was read all your emails. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't read any of mine. But <laughs> There's so many. They There's send so many emails and they're all like, they seem so exciting and important, but they got a lot of gems in there. Yeah. 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 So for, for, the listeners out there, Viterbi and USC will send you like a hundred emails a day about everything that's going on and job opportunities and stuff like that. So it can get a little overwhelming. So I often uh, skip over them, but they do have, they, they can send out great opportunities. So that is good advice to read all your emails. Can both of you just speak about like what your internship, you touched on this briefly, but like what you're doing at your internship, kind of like what the company is like, um, just that sort of overview. Yeah, so when I was at uh, JPL, I basically worked on embedded systems, uh, specifically kind of uh, a testing, a test bench for, you know, um, you know, microcontrollers and FPGAs that were going to go into like small CubeSats, which are basically like, you know, you, the the point is that you put them in space and you kind of just let them go. You, you (laughs) you know, they, they, they aren't that expensive to make. Um, So, you know, basically a testing system for CubeSats and I worked on the embedded system side. So the thing that was actually controlling like the um, kind of uh, commands that the user would send to it and kind of parse those out into bits and um, into what, what actually needed to be fed into the machine so it could be tested Uh, check. Mostly it was like a voltage check just to make sure everything was fine. Um, But yeah, that's, that was the main purpose of my work. And then for, in terms of, like culture, um, I think one of the biggest things that I noticed about JPL is just like how much people want to be there. And I know it's like a cheesy thing to say, but, you know, in, at the end of the day, it's like government work, right? You know, sometimes there's a lot of red tape and, you know, dumb bureaucracy that happens. Um, that is, some, you know, sometimes part of just government work. Um, but people there are sticking through it and are staying and are so incredibly passionate about what they do because, literally it, re- it reaches towards the stars quite literally um so like the person making the cubesat boards that i was you know testing was another per- it was also an engineer on like mars 2020 missions so like just super smart super passionate people all around i think that's awesome awesome what about for you christina dang i wish i did work on star stuff but um (laughs) work on star stuff it's not too late (laughs) um no the side of what I do so at Brown and Caldwell we do a lot of different things it's like a water treatment design um I'm in the water division so I work on water treatment design systems and then construction management for when they're being built um and so it's a lot of different things because every area kind of needs their own water treatment system and has different demands but I've been able to work on cool projects like at Hyperion, which is like the largest water treatment plant this side of the Mississippi, I believe. Um, And then, you know, just doing like a lot of construction support projects, like while these projects are being built, they have questions about like um, the way it should be built and like how it will fit with the design. So they send it in, then we send it out to engineers or we review them. And I get a lot of firsthand experience, like looking at those and seeing like what the life of an engineer is like on all different sides and what goes into building these treatments, plants, and these systems. And it's really cool. Um, one of my favorite parts is actually the data analysis, which I know is nerdy, but 
it's really cool to see like all these water quality data that comes in from the city and then they need help cleaning their water and the engineers kind of have to brainstorm like a solution of like this city has this contaminant in their water how are we going to get rid of it with a full-scale design so that these people have safe water to drink so it's a lot of problem solving a lot of construction support a lot of water treatment processes so it's really cool and like Luce was saying the culture of the company is super important um and I found that Brown and Caldwell is just like a super fun place to be at. The people are all really approachable and really easy to talk to. And everyone's always willing to jump on a call and help me figure stuff out when I'm not sure necessarily what to do. Um, and everyone's really excited to be there. Like everyone's been there a really long time and they like talking about their experiences and the projects that we work on are really meaningful because I feel like when you're delivering an essential service like water to a city, um, it's it feels really important to get that work done and then to be able to say like the city has clean water because of the hard work that we put into it and the work that we did for the client so. that's awesome and Hyperion so that's a water treatment plant it's like kind of near LAX uh, yeah right near Doc Weiler Beach right yeah exactly and does it have a desalination element too or no just that's actually a project that we're working on I don't know how much into it I can get but, um, <laughs> I've said too much <laughs> basically the, what they do now is they discharge their water just into the ocean because they do like a secondary treatment of it so they basically like once it's done with treatment we just like put it into the ocean but like as we all know like LA does not have a ton of water so we're looking into ways that we can reuse it by just treating it further and then putting it back into the system um, so that's actually what uh, Brown and Caldwell has been working on for the past few years. So that's like desalination could be a method of that. Um, ozonation, um, just advanced water treatment systems are a way that we can recover water and not just dump everything we have into the ocean so that LA can survive for a few more years. That's just, just a couple. couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually interesting because I know we were talking about Liz, of course, working on space stuff and this is super random but I was watching away I don't know if anyone's seen it on Netflix it's like about a mission to Mars and their water treatment system on their um like vehicle broke so they had to fix it so whoa these things can can worlds collide worlds collide if we were both there bro that's yeah that's (laughs) if me and Christina were on the same project (laughs) according to this very uh, accurate source uh they they you can <laughs> uh, but i think you can like that that is a thing um that's awesome so i guess sort of how did each of you balance you know going to school and you know working a considerable number of hours like i think you know obviously when we think of summer internships um you're typically not doing school at the same time um so that's something that's unique about doing a co-op and I think sometimes people think of a co-op as like you taking a semester off of school but I I think more often than not at USC students are still taking classes and I think you both took like mm-hmm. basically a full course <laughs> right so yeah. so I guess can you just talk about that and maybe like what you were taking at the same time too and how you how you balanced it oh man I <laughs> I balanced it but I definitely didn't do it perfectly um <laughs> Uh, I was taking, in terms of classes, I was taking whatever the common computer science freshman spring looks like. So it's like computer science in 70. So it's introduction to like discrete math and like algorithms and then CS104, which is a data structures class. Very. I was 
Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then uh, physics one and uh, a GSIM, which was definitely definitely Jesus, my <laughs> lighter my lighter class. Um, and you know, I didn't do it perfectly at first. I think I definitely got burnt out in the middle of the semester. I was like, oh dear God, there's another half of the semester left. And I think um, my manager was pretty understanding that I was a student taking a full course load. You know, and, you know, I would tell him like, hey, I have a midterm today. Can I stay back or, you know, like kind of work with him to kind of identify like the the times of my semester that were going to get really intense that I could use to maybe like take the day off and then maybe putting the hours another time or next week. Right. So and then in addition to that, I mean, I had to plan around my commute. 45 minutes to Pasadena, 45 minutes back was a little painful. I'm not going to lie to you. Listen to a lot of podcasts though. Uh, let me tell you. Um, and I think, you know, kind of, if, if I could do it again, I probably wouldn't take those exact same classes. I'd probably take something lighter. Um, but I think, you know, because I had such a finite amount of time and I, by the halfway mark of the semester, I knew about what, each class expected from me, I got a little bit better at it, especially when I knew that, oh, this 104 project, it's going to take me 20, 20 hours. Like I've already, like, it's going to take me 20 hours. Okay. Where am I going to find those 20 hours? And then like going really hard in that Google calendar. Let me tell you about that Google calendar. <laughs> it saved my life though. Saved my life. <laughs> saved my life. Yeah. What about for you, Christina? Yeah. Like Liz is saying, um, it's definitely not easy. I have a full senior year workload, 18 units. I'm taking aquatic chem, which is a graduate class, um, energy systems in the environment, which is a graduate class. I'm taking a pass, no pass law class, which is fun, but also something totally that I don't know anything about that I find myself doing a lot of outside research for. Um, a stats and programming class for civil engineering, CE408, and then 485 which is water treatment design which is kind of like a capstone design class which is kind of has a lot of projects and a lot of exams and new material which is applicable to my work but also a lot of extra stuff on top of it so um, it's definitely kind of a balancing act and what's nice about senior classes is you typically meet like once a week for like three four hours so you don't have classes scattered around the week so I'm able to do large chunks of work during the day like Mondays and Fridays, I don't have any classes. So those are like my work days. But um, it's definitely hard to balance like homework assignments, projects, club activities, and also like a job on top of that. So like Luz was saying, calendars are the way to go. Um, Also weekends, I find, are when I get 99% of my homework done and the other things I need to do because once I clock into work, like that's work time. Um, Luckily, I work like nine to five on the days that I do work. So after 5 p.m., it's just homework until I go to bed at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., which doesn't sound fun. But if you get on a Zoom call, you can do homework with friends. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You're doing that Dolly Parton nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And being in a remote semester, too, I feel like makes everything easier. I'm definitely taking advantage of that, too, because without a commute, like Luce was talking about, and with the ability to like, log off of work and then log right into class or like log off of work and then go straight to homework. I've cut down on a lot of time that would have otherwise been spent, you know, just going from place to place. So 
definitely makes it easier but I feel like realistically in an in-person semester this would have been much more difficult to do so in that way I'm grateful for the situation totally yeah and what both of you generally mentioned is that you also do a million things uh outside of school in addition to oh yeah (laughs) so um that's probably another basically full-time job on your hands so um major props to you and I think one thing that I'm curious though with the with being remote like like you said it's great that you can like log off of work and like start school immediately but I think sometimes like I know like a commute or even like walking to class that kind of thing is like a nice break in your day where you can like actually relax like when I'm I think driving for me is like I kind of like driving because it's like an actual, it's a time where I can't be on Slack. I can't be, you know, checking Blackboard, whatever. So it's like a built-in like time for yourself. Do you think that like, you know, kind of adds to the stress or? Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon it yeah it definitely makes you feel more overloaded on days where it happens like all the time like I know this week was especially hard because I had three midterms a quiz and then five homework assignments due on top of like things going on with my sorority and my other organizations. And then I'm working on PhD applications. So it's like everything's loading on top of each other. So like I logged out of work, went straight into a midterm, then worked three more hours, then had a midterm that night. So that day I was kind of wrecked. So the next day after my midterm that morning, I just like got in the car and went to In-N-Out and skipped my next class. So moments like that where you're (laughs) just like, I need a break. I need to go on a drive. Yeah, I need to turn my phone off. So I've definitely had those moments, um, but I feel like by senior year, and it does get easier from freshman year, you kind of get a sense of like when you need to take those breaks and when you need those moments of pause, but they happen. I've kind of learned to just listen to my head and when I'm feeling super overwhelmed and anxious and like I can't be in class right now, I'm not going to learn a thing. It's better to just step away and like take a breath, do something else and then come back to it and be able to actually process what I'm hearing, which is why recorded lectures are also the move so nice it helps a lot it's it's super hard to focus during you know hours on hours of zoom every day so it's nice to be able to go back and watch the recording like sometimes <laughs> my notes will be like you know i'll write down a time and like rewatch. <laughs> like, <did> not- <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean to an extent, I'm a little grateful for my commute. It's a little um, because it did give me that time to kind of disengage from school and go into work mode and work mode, disengage that, going back to school. But I feel like, you know, 45 minutes is a little bit too much. So in, in an optimal world, a 20 minute commute is yeah. you know, kiss. This a kiss. This summer, I worked a job where it was a 15 minute commute, but like I took the highway, like, you know, 
complicated but it was mm. so nice oh yeah i feel like yeah. 15 minutes is the perfect time yeah 15 to 20 that's yeah. the sweet spot that's awesome so that's another thing i'm curious about comparing to like summer internships summer jobs what what's different about a co-op other than of course that you're taking school at the same time um yeah i think the biggest thing is just understanding like the scope of what you can do is smaller because you're just working limited hours right like i knew that i kind of had to be more diligent about my time and you know more structured about my goals in order to hit whatever you know hit, fit make my impact on the project and just it mainly it was like the limited hours part because you know and then also there's not as many other interns around mm-hmm. uh, from an in-person perspective there's not as many other interns around so like i i think at the time i was one of two interns in my entire like kind of flight electronics group um so i was mainly hanging out with like other engineers um and stuff like that so less interns um forced to be better about like setting sustainable goals for myself because of the limited hours i think are the biggest difference for differences that i've seen that makes sense that makes sense yeah the scope is huge like i was filling out my timesheet this week and i realized i'd been at this job for four weeks and i've worked the same job like as an engineering intern at brown and caldwell over the summer and that was a 12 weeks uh internship that i did summer after my sophomore year and it's kind of crazy to think like I've been working this position seven weeks when I worked that 12 weeks. And I feel like in that 12 weeks, I did so much. And I also kind of realized I was working 40 hours at that time. I was in the office every single day, you know, like nine to six. And then here I'm just kind of on my computer, like when I'm able to be um, doing work when I'm able to. So the scope is much smaller of like the work that I feel like I'm doing, but I'm also doing half the hours if, you know, sometimes less than that. So that's kind of the biggest difference. Like, I feel like I've been there, you know, a long amount of time, but I haven't done as much as I did in a summer internship, but that's also a reasonable sort of um, outcome. And then I also feel like, yeah, during the school year, there's not a lot of interns, but there's also, I feel like there's, at least in this industry, there's a lot of work. There's so much work. And that might just be a product of the fact that there's less interns, but I feel like you know, my supervisor has said, like, there are so many people that ask for the help of an intern. So if you ever need anything, just let me know and I can toss something your way. So it seems like, you know, they need people who help them out during the school year because I can't imagine, like, the workload they have during the summer goes away in the school year. Right. So I'm sure it helps that there are interns who are able to be there and pick up the tasks that come along the way. So that's been fun to see, like, anything that's available and anything that they need help with, I can kind of get my hands on. Totally, totally. That makes sense. And one thing I'm curious about, you kind of talked about there, both of you talked about there being fewer interns, um, you know, during your co-ops. So I think one cool part of being an intern is meeting other interns and that kind of community. Do you think the, do you think you still got that or is it just different, just fewer people? Yeah, for me, there was like, one other intern in my org and then another one that I met across kind of the org and like even though they were the only two that I really interacted with we just became great friends like I still have them on like Facebook and Instagram and you know we chat occasionally and I, I think you just become closer with the people you do find. I met two other interns during my summer internship but now I haven't heard of another intern they probably exist I just haven't become aware of them um 
but I have become closer with the engineers I've been working with. They're the people that I go to with questions. And if I like need to talk to someone about something, so I have like a short list of, they're on the younger side and they're all like women in engineering that I can like ask questions to. Um, one of them is actually like the USC grad that I talked to during my sophomore internship. So it's fun. She helped me build my class schedule. She like took me out to coffee a few times. So she's like, I've made friends with the engineers. They're very nice. So that's been fun. That's great. And I guess kind of, you know, as we wrap up what I think oftentimes students might think about doing co-op, but it's like, oh, like I can't do school or that kind of stuff. It, it just seems it's not something everyone does. So it sort of seems like maybe a risk you're taking on or, or something like that. What what would you say to do a co-op or to not do a co-op? What, what's, what's your answer to that? <laughs> yeah. Um, doing having that extra professional experience on your resume is so nice, trust me. Um, and I think if you find the opportunity to do a co-op, I think, I really think people should try to do it. Um, but at the same time, don't try to be Superman and be like, I'm going to take, you know, the, uh, I'm not going to change course in school at all. Like I can do this and this not going to work that way. Um, I, I would say if you find yourself with the opportunity to get uh, to do a co-op, uh, definitely change up your class schedule based on what you hear from upperclassmen, especially like, hey, this class took me like 40 hours a week. Like, be careful with that class, you know, kind of avoid those pitfalls and, you know, don't be afraid to restructure your classes. You know, that you're, you can if you talk to your advisor, you'll almost be guaranteed, you know, still to be able to graduate in four years, just swapping classes out. So don't be afraid to like go off the beaten path and do your own thing for your own situation, I think would be my greatest piece of advice. Yeah, to echo that, like everything's a give and take. And I feel like that's a lesson that people kind of, you learn in college, but you really got to take in because I was offered this position during the school year too, after the summer internship, they wanted me to continue, but like looking at my schedule, I just knew that if I took it on, I would do a horrible job because I was just too busy. And I really wanted to continue with the company. So I was so sad that I wouldn't be able to, but I knew that looking at my schedule, it would have just been a horrible decision to make. And I would have had to give like, made huge changes, like drop organizations and, you know, like maybe like drop a class or add an extra semester, something like that, like drastic changes to be able to do a good job. And I wasn't ready to make those changes. So I didn't do the internship during the semester, but I'm so glad now that I was able to do it. And the comparison of like looking at my workload is this semester was very clear, like, oh, I have spaces in my schedule. I could talk to my advisor about moving stuff around. I'm not as busy with extracurriculars. Like I genuinely feel like there's a lighter load on me than I did that semester. So if you feel like it's not right, you probably shouldn't do it or you should probably talk to an advisor about you know, the potential of doing it because they probably have experience with it or talk to upperclassmen. Um, but if you feel like you're going to do a poor job in the position, you know, you don't need it on your resume. It's nice to have, but you don't need it. A summer internship is an excellent thing to have as it is. So um, interning during the school year is just kind of like a cherry on top. But if you're able to do it, it's an amazing experience. It's really great to supplement your coursework. I've learned a lot through it. So if you're able to do it and you feel comfortable doing it, definitely go for it. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Any any last words? No. Well, I no, think Zoom University. <laughs> School pride.
<laughs> um, but super cool to hear about both your experiences and yeah, thank you. Awesome. And we're back learning all about co-ops. So I think Paul kind of made this clear at the beginning, but um, it's important to, to understand too, like oftentimes um, students or I think all the time you can um, take co-ops like for credit, but in Viterbi, it's more common that you're getting paid. Um, and it's just sort of something you're doing on the side of school to, to get some more hands-on industry experience. So yeah, usually you're enrolled in like one class, which is the co-op class, but you're never actually on campus. And it's just kind of remote check-ins and writing papers about what you're doing. If you're able to write about what you're doing, <laughs> which is usually one of the biggest challenges. I'm working on a top secret thing that I can't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting with internships. So I, I think we have a ton of episodes out there about summer internships. So this is just another, another good perspective of, I think just how USC students are getting out there and, and getting into industry. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for bringing this episode to us. It's important to understand that students get lots of opportunities to work at some really, really awesome companies during their undergraduate years, because that's how you start moving on to those full-time positions after graduation. If you want a little bit more about this, including some stats related to uh, internships and full-time positions after graduation, go to our website, viterbiadmission.usc.edu slash beyond, B-E-Y-O-N-D. Give you some more stats related to how our students do. Uh, spoiler alert, our students do very well. Uh, and so take a look at those stats compared to national averages. Um, with that, let's get out of the way. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.